Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Standing up for what's right. This is The Roy Green Show. A short time ago, I ordered the United States Armed Forces to launch precision strikes on targets associated with the chemical weapons capabilities of Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. We will uh, be talking about this issue of the uh, strikes on Syria next hour when Colonel Peter Mansour will join us, former executive officer to General David Petraeus during the surge in Iraq. And um, also next hour, you will not want to miss this, the Premier of Saskatchewan will be with us, Scott Moe. And we're going to talk to uh, the Premier about what will happen tomorrow between the Prime Minister of Canada, the Premier of Alberta, and the Premier of British Columbia as they meet on the Trans Mountain Pipeline issue with Mr. Horgan, the Premier of British Columbia, holding his ground and insisting that the courts will decide whether or not a pipeline will be extended or whether British Columbia has the right to uh, intercede. It's up to the Prime Minister of this country to make a specific statement and declaration and, and be the Prime Minister. So we'll talk to uh, Premier Mo. I, I really think he should be part of the discussion because Saskatchewan has pointed out to British Columbia that if they insist on the course they're on now, then Saskatchewan may also turn off the spigot for oil going to British Columbia. There's not as much Saskatchewan oil going to BC as there is Alberta oil, but it is still an issue. So we'll talk to the Premier about that. This is, uh, there's a little mouse in here, and I'm going to catch it. And you'll just hear the whomp. My apologies to everybody at PETA. Um, 2050, oh, uh, Tim Danson will join us toward the end of this hour, the lawyer for the French and Mahaffey families. On Bernardo back in the news, Bernardo having f- been able to make some kind of prison shank whether he decided he needed something to protect himself or whether he had something planned, they don't know. But Bernardo's also still trying to get out of prison. He's still trying to work the system so that he can get out. So Tim Danson will be with us, the lawyer for the French and the Mahaffey families. And you'll recall Tim telling us on the air 
I think it was two years ago, when uh, he was in court and Carla Homolka was looking to expand her freedoms, Homolka just stared, just stared at Tim Danson. She knows fully well that he's the lawyer for the families of Kristen and Leslie. And she just malevolently stared at Tim Danson. Of course, she has the right to do whatever she wants because of the deal with the devil. I told you before that it was my honor to be the moderator for the memorial service for Kristen and for Leslie. Les, Leslie's mom asked me to uh, do that, Debbie Mahaffey. It was an extremely difficult experience for everyone there, but it was an honor to be asked. Now, let's start with this story. I went back to 2015, and here's how it happened. I, was, I went on a search engine, and I was looking for Tim Horton's um, favorite brand in Canada, or favorite brands in Canada. And I saw a, a news story from Global News, and I, I didn't look at the date. And it indicated that Tim Hortons was the number one trusted brand in this country. So I knew the date had to be a little bit out of whack for me, so I checked, and at the top of the story, it said 2015. And just a couple of weeks ago, you know that Tim Hortons had slipped to number four, and now they're at number 50. That is a huge drop for any company. And some people will argue it's because of the minimum wage issue that some of the franchisees were saying that they were going to cut the benefits of, uh, of, of employees as far as minimum wage was concerned if the uh, minimum wage went to 14 an hour as when mandated. And others will tell you it has, something, uh, it has nothing to do with that at all. But the franchisees are suing the hedge fund company from, uh, from Brazil, which owns Tim Hortons. And uh, the hedge fund company is suing some franchisees. And there's a question. The franchisees are suggesting that maybe there was something not quite right about Tim Horton's takeover by uh, RBI, Restaurant Brands International, from Brazil in 2014. And RBI has advised a popular and a successful Toronto franchisee, Mark Cusiora, that one of his two Toronto stores will be sold to new owners. This is not a very happy relationship. Ned Levitt is a specialist in franchise law. He joins us from Toronto on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. That really doesn't sound like a like a symbiotic kumbaya crowd, doesn't it? Doesn't Ned? No, not very much, Roy. Not at all. So, what? Do, how do you read what's going on? You've got you've got the 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 franchisee or some of the franchisees suing the franchisor, and the franchisor suing franchisees, and then taking away a franchise from a very popular member. What's, what's going on? What's the, what's the tea leaves? What are the tea leaves telling you? <laughs> well, the first obvious thing is that they're getting a terrible amount of horrible publicity, which can't possibly be helping anybody, not the franchisees and not the uh, franchisor either. So um, disputes arise, even in franchising, but it's a question of how long do you let them smolder, if not flame, before you sit down at a, at a negotiating table and, and settle something like this. You know, I was looking at, um, at that story from 2014 and the class action lawsuit um, that has been raised against and launched against RBI. 
They're accusing RBI of directing $700 million of a national advertising campaign to itself and not what it was supposedly be doing. How rare is it for, for this kind of development to take place, particularly given the, the seriousness of the brand? Well, it's a serious to Canada. To, 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 the, uh, to the Brazilian hedge fund, it's probably not all that serious because Canada is not one of their biggest markets, I would think. Mm-hmm. Well, it is for Tim Hortons, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, for Hortons it is. But, <clears throat> look... Um, you know, there was probably a lot of meetings in boardrooms uh, of the franchisor before they made the acquisition and then planning what they're going to do after the acquisition. <clears throat> and, of course, everybody, every company is entitled to try to maximize their profits, minimize their costs. The problem arises is that in franchising, a franchisor starts doing things like that, it's going to have an impact on the franchisees. And um, <clears throat> I'm sure absolutely sure that uh, 3G, you know, the, the Brazilian company, hedge fund, uh, when they decided to make this acquisition, they didn't set about to, to hurt anybody particularly. But they, but it, from their reputation and what they're doing, they certainly set about to maximize their profits and therefore the share price. And in that, I think, is the heart of the issue here. Um, franchising is a relationship, Actually, a three partnership relationship: um, franchisor, franchisee, and consuming public. Mm-hmm. And um, so, in their strategy, in, they obviously thought what they were doing was legally right, I, perhaps even morally right. But it was not taking; couldn't have been taken into account these ramifications. Or I'm sure somebody smart would have done something a little bit differently. So, we're seeing fallout here. Really, uh, not because somebody's been targeted, but because of somebody worrying about their own self-interest more than anybody else that they affect. If you have a situation where you've got a a whole country of uh, franchisees, some of them may have two franchises, some may have more, many would have just one, and they've been in place for a long period of time, and they're accustomed to doing business a certain way. They may have done business with Ron Joyce at the very beginning. And and now the, the 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 entire thing changes. Is this always a rocky relationship uh, when when you have a when you have a change of ownership and you have a diverse large group of franchisees? Well, it, uh, always might be a little too strong, but there's no question that that is a time when if something's going to go wrong, it's more likely to be then. Um, I, you know, I've acted for many companies being sold, franchise companies, uh, those buying franchise companies. And the ones that do, that do it well and do it right are the ones that think about sort of the the, <clears throat> the non-monetary consequences or, or or the monetary consequences for anybody else in in the piece. And uh, this is so you, I would never say that this is going to be common, but in a takeover and frankly in a public franchisor, there is going to be a dynamic that creates the possibility of conflict. And that dynamic is that the uh, franchisor, if it's public or if it's going to be acquired, they're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at the share price. Franchisees are looking at their profitability at the store level. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're selling a, um, a brand, uh, when you're selling a uh, heritage brand to customers who identify with your brand, who in Canada didn't know what a double-double was? <laughs> no one. I was talking to somebody in Australia not long ago, and that person said to me, when I come to Canada, I've been told to order a double double. Yep. So it's it's it's, it's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when when you have that kind of heritage branding and you have a tremendously loyal consumer base and in 2015 you're the number one brand in the country as far as consumers are concerned and believability is concerned and trust and then you slip to number four to me that should probably send at least the first warnings Mm -hmm. and then try try not to make it into a tsunami where you end up number 50 and uh, and news stories spilling out that there are lawsuits and counter lawsuits and franchisees not having their franchises uh, renewed that is not not a good optic so i would think that the uh, the ball certainly was dropped uh, maybe in a number of a number of ways hold on please ned Levitt. i want to come back and talk to you some more about this and what are some of the most common issues legally what are some of the most common issues that franchisees face if you own a franchise now, what are some of the most challenging and most common challenges that you have to deal with? I'm also going to ask you, listening in across Canada, at 800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. Do you consider Tim Hortons to still be a Canadian icon? Is Tim Hortons still the only place that you will stop for coffee when you're on the road? It was for me, and to be truthful, it is no longer. And it's got nothing to do with minimum wage. So we'll take your calls at 800-263-2428. If you own a franchise, a Tim Hortons franchise, or you owned a Tim Hortons franchise at one point, maybe you have something you can share with us. We don't have to use your real name. We don't even have to tell anybody what province you're in. But if you are a former or a current owner of a Hortons franchise or any kind of franchise, but particularly Hortons, call us at 800-263-2428. Tell Will, our, our call screener, that you are or were a franchise holder, and then he'll ask you no more questions. All right, we'll come back with Ned Levitt, and then your calls at 800-263-2428. He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is The Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. At the Roy Green Show, emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Global news story from uh, yesterday: the federal government is looking into concerns raised by a dissident group of Tim Hortons franchisees about the potential violation of terms Ottawa placed on a deal that saw Canada's most iconic restaurant chain taken over by a Brazilian firm. A spokesman for Innovation Minister Navdeep Bain said Thursday the government will investigate. Allegations that Tim's owner, Restaurant Brands International, has failed to live up to promises made to the federal government under the Investment Canada Act in 2014. I think it's important to Canadians that our iconic brands are Canadian and we can identify with them and we don't run into situations like the one we're facing now or Tim Hortons is facing now. And I've heard people talk about the coffee as well. Anyway, it's 800-263-2428, 800-263-2428. After I finish speaking with Ned Levitt, franchise lawyer in Canada, one of the very best, we will uh, we'll take your phone calls. What is the most common, Ned, what's the most common 
uh, situation that you would face as far as dealing with representing a franchisee is concerned? Yeah, well, it wouldn't be just sort of one most common, because it's hard to rank them, but very often uh, it's uh, the franchisor is not running the advertising fund effectively or occasionally is actually taking money from the advertising fund. We've mm-hmm. seen that on a lot. Certainly things like not training the franchisees well enough or supporting them as, you know, we're living in a time of very rapid change. So there's a lot more pressure on franchisors to be an agent of change and to be able to, uh, on behalf of the whole system, you know, find out what are the, the, the right products for the times or what are the right ways to deliver those products or how about social media. So these are the things that, that are often alleged in litigation is a franchisor didn't do something or did something they shouldn't be doing. And this situation that exists now between the franchisee and the franchisors at uh, Tim Hortons, let's just use Tim Hortons, even though there's a parent company involved. I'll ask you again, is that something that is truly unusual, or is it noteworthy because of the importance of the Tim Hortons brand to Canadians? No, I think it's noteworthy for a number of reasons. One is the the iconic uh, position that Tim Hortons occupies, for sure. It was a very well-functioning franchise system prior to the takeover. And, um, And also the I would say aggressive approach that the the 3G company took when when they acquired it. I mean, it, it, this is about as uh, issue rich and and uh, aggressive uh, type of litigation that I've actually seen in my career. Uh, there's a a lot of bad feelings, bad blood between the parties, uh, and uh, some pretty obvious attempts to. Um, you know, make money uh, for the franchisor, and uh, and the franchisees are looking at their livelihoods and believe they're threatened, because you know this litigation couldn't have been entered into lightly. Because you, when you hurt the brand in a franchise system, you're hurting it for the franchisor, but you're hurting it for the franchisees. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. And they have their lives often have their life savings invested Absolutely. and tied up in that particular franchise. Actually, with Tim Hortons franchises, uh, there's a lot of examples of successions already. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. a long time. Ned, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Good talking to you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks. Ned Lovett is a franchise lawyer in Toronto. 800-263-2428 is my number, 800-263-2428. If you are a franchise owner, a Tim Hortons franchise owner, or were and you want to share your thoughts with us, and uh, you don't want us to, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I would think um, most may not want us to identify who you are directly and or your franchise is directly, but we will uh, we will just use a, a first name for you and you can sh- you know, share what your concerns and your thoughts are with this lawsuit going forward. Or if you're a Tim Hortons customer, are you as loyal to the brand as you were before? Or does all this news start to bother you? And is the product what it was before? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to harm Tim Hortons or complain about Tim Hortons, but it's a news story, so let's talk about it. 800-263-2428. Your calls as soon as we come back. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is The Roy Green Show.
Mr. Katzman, Premier Scott Moe joins me uh, in about half an hour's time on the Roy Green Show. All right, let's talk about Tim Hortons, iconic brand. We, uh, as Canadians, would make it our objective to find the closest Timmy's so we could get our coffee and get what we wanted to be on the road. And yet uh, the news suggests that Tim Hortons is now number 50. In 2015, was number one. It was number 50 as far as um, brand reputation is concerned. And you've got half the franchisees suing the franchisor, about half of them, called the Great White North Franchise Association. They started the, uh, the legal challenge. 800-263-2428. Is Tim Hortons still your brand? And how important is it to you that a brand like Hortons or an iconic Canadian brand remain iconically Canadian? Ron's in Winnipeg. Hi, Ron. Thank you for the call, sir. Uh, hi there. Uh, I couldn't give a hoot who owns uh, Tim Hortons, whatever franchise. And I don't even know 50 places in Winnipeg to get a cup of coffee. Uh, drive through. I switched to McDonald's five years ago. Uh, it's just better coffee. Uh, I think they got a better deal, and I know lots of other people who have done the same thing. So uh, for you, for you, it was economics—the economics of a cup of coffee, or the no, taste of the more, cup of coffee, or more the taste of the coffee. So it had I nothing to do. It had nothing to do with the company shifting ownership. I couldn't give a hoot who owns it. Uh, free enterprise. So it's just the taste. You want personal value for money spent. All right, 800-263-2428. I would like to hear from somebody who is a current or past Hortons franchisee, maybe somebody from the uh, Great White North Franchisee Association or Franchise Association, 800-263-2428. Phoebe is in Toronto. Hi, Phoebe. Thank you for the call. Hello. um, I also switched to McDonald's. I found their coffee was equal to or superior to Tim Hortons, and their muffins were equal to or better than. And the price was a lot different, (laughs) cheaper. And also, as far as being a Canadian company, the company in Brazil that took it over, would that be owned by the Bronfmans? Because I know they moved their money out of no, I, no, it's No, it's a Brazilian hedge fund company. Well, it's still so it's not, it's not, you know, it's not the Bronfman family. As far as I know, it's not the Bronfman family. But to, to you, it doesn't matter. I, I take it you're just like uh, our caller from Winnipeg. Exactly, you don't, you don't, exactly. Hold on, let me ask you the question. Do you, do you, does it matter to you if it's a Canadian-owned company? No, I think value, cleanliness, and uh, uh, the product. Okay. Appreciate the call. There are some people who will say, look, you can't really tell one coffee from another. And to that person, I'm going to say, you've only ever had one cup of coffee in your life. Because you can tell one coffee from another. I was playing golf with my buddies in Florida a number of years ago, and I was driving back, and I couldn't find a decent cup of coffee in the United States. Not anywhere could I find a decent cup of coffee. By the time I got to Windsor, I had the classic withdrawal symptoms. You know, I had the headache, and I was jittery, and I was 
I needed my coffee, so I crossed the border into Canada. I was on that road. If you've come over the Ambassador Bridge, you know, just before you get to the 401, there's a four, is it four-lane, six-lane road that uh, connects you with the 401. I was heading toward the 401, and across the road from me on this road was a Timmy's franchise. I went across the median, across two lanes of traffic. There was no traffic there at the time. I got to the drive-thru window, and I ordered two extra-large triple-triple, and my headache. I I think Teresa in Port Elgin, Ontario, I think I drank the first one in about three minutes. Hi. Hi. Go ahead, please. Uh, I'm a customer from uh, Port Elgin, Ontario, and uh, I don't drink as much Tim Hortons anymore. And why is that? Um, I believe that the prices went up even before minimum wage. Um, and I believe now that minimum wage has gone up, a lot of the franchise owners have cut back on staff so badly that they're just working harder. So for you, is it a case then that you think the franchise owners, because the minimum wage went up, it was the franchise owners who provided you with less service? Yes. Oh, yes, for sure. Because I believe a lot of the franchise owners they want to put the prices up. And I believe what's happening with the minimum wage is a good thing that's happening. And now they've just cut back to poor satisfaction with customer service and everything. We'll have another discussion on the minimum wage issue, I'm sure, and in the not-too-distant future. Now, does it matter to you? So let's say that you've gone to Tim Hortons for quite a few years as you're growing up, and it's your introduction to coffee. It's your introduction to coffee on the road. You know, you can have your donut, you can have your coffee, you can have your bagel, whatever you wish. Does it matter to you at any point that that, that the ownership is Canadian? Yes, it does. Okay. So the fact that it was sold to a Brazilian company does not sit well with you? No, it doesn't at all. Nope. All right, Teresa, appreciate the call. Let's go back to Toronto, and Ben joins us on the Roy Green Show. Go ahead, Ben. Hey, Roy, how are you? I used to be a loyal Tim Hortons customer. Um, I switched to McCafe and McDonald's probably about four and a half years ago. Superior coffee, much better price point, better breakfast offerings. And I'm not the only one. I've noticed lots of people in my office have made the switch to uh, McDonald's. And I think Tim Hortons also overexpanded, and they took their success and ability for granted, and I'm telling you, I think the next big thing is McCafe. I see it. Uh, the lineups in downtown Toronto are just as long, if not longer, than Tim Hortons, and these people just didn't start to buy coffee now. So where did they come from? Yeah, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't so long ago that McDonald's coffee was considered by many to not be that great. Oh, it was horrible, Roy. But they that was another word I was thinking of. Yeah. But it's, it's better now. But what about the Canadian aspect, the Canadian ownership aspect? Now, the fact that you have the franchisees who are, I would imagine, predominantly Canadian, uh, and they're suing their franchisor, who they're a Brazilian hedge fund company. Does that matter to you at all? It doesn't matter to me. It's a business transaction. I wish them luck, but the fact of the matter is... I think the whole company, corporate and franchise, needs a complete rebranding, and they've got too many outlets. Yeah, there are many. There, there, there's a lot. And, yeah, I, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Ben, I appreciate your call. Thank you. I just found it really interesting when I, when I saw that 2015 story. And there was Tim Hortons, number one in brand reputation, 2015, global news story, 
So just three years ago, they were number one. Now they're number 50. And to slide from number four to number 50 is... It's a big drop, and the company will know that clearly themselves. The management of the company will understand that. What do they do now? Well, that's what's going to be watched very carefully. And the federal government is now looking into the purchase of uh, Tim Hortons in 2014 by the Brazilian company to make sure that they lived up to the conditions that they agreed to when they purchased Tim Hortons. You know, I've known Ron Joyce for quite a few years, the founder of Tim Hortons, just a great guy, and um, he's on the show not long ago. We'll have to get Ron back, talk a bit about um, about the franchise. I'm not going to use his name, but I played golf with a very good friend of Mr. Joyce. And they go back to the 1950s. And he told me that Ron had said to him, if you want to come in as a full partner on this idea of ours, Tim Hortons and mine, then it's going to cost you not very much money. By 1950 standards, it was was a decent buck, but it wasn't huge money. And he said, no. Do you think people are going to stop on the way to work to buy coffee and donuts and bagels? Good luck to you. And he said, while we're on the golf course, every day I get up, first thing I do is kick myself in the backside. We will come back with Tim Danson on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll talk about Bernardo. He's in the news again. And Tim, as you know, represents the families of Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey. We'll come right back. 